pretty soon you realize that all we're going to do for eternity is sit around the fire. Hello and welcome to Sit Around the Fire. My name is Robbie Patterson and I'm your podcast host. For hundreds of thousands of years, our ancestors have been sat around a fire, sharing ideas with one another, sharing stories, and connecting with each other on a deep level to enliven their being and enriching their human experience. I hope you can leave with an open mind, feeling curious and inspired, and return to your day with a fresh perspective, with the urge to be the best you can be for you and everyone around you. Join our special guest or sit in with Robbie on a solo episode. Thank you, and let's go. Hello and welcome to Sit Around the Fire. In this short episode, we are going to be looking at quite a unique question and a unique topic, one that we can actually learn a lot from, the wisdom of elderly people who are actually on their deathbed. So the idea here is to actually look at what are the kind of top five regrets of dying people. Now this isn't to sound morbid or scare us or something like this, but the idea of the exercise is to actually look at people at the very end of their life who are in very special circumstances in hospital where you have a palliative nurse working with them, caring for them towards the end of their lives. And you maybe have heard of this before, they've actually made this into a book and I just wanted to touch on these five regrets of the people. Now, you can imagine at any given moment right now, you do not think about dying regularly. If anything, it's something that probably scares you. And that's not your fault because in our Western society and culture, that's kind of how we treat death. We can learn a lot from the Eastern wisdom traditions. They view death in a completely different way. And in this really incredible book that inspired the idea of looking a little bit further into this for this episode is the Tibetan book of the living and dying. And in this, we can learn some very interesting facts about how Tibetan wisdom traditions view death to allow them to live the best life. Now, if you think about people on their deathbed, they have this kind of fact staring them in the face that they're in a certain condition that they actually know they will die, whether that's, you know, they've been given two weeks to live, a month to live, three months to live, whatever it is, they're, they're at the end of their life. So that's a very unique perspective, right? It's not normal that you might get to even know when you will when you will pass. So you're being stared by death in the face. And I think the idea is that that is probably gonna really wake you up to the realities of reflecting on your life. And when you're reflecting on your life, this nurse, whose name is Bronnie Ware, and she was an Australian nurse who spent several years working in this 
care center, caring for patients in the last 12 weeks of their life. And in doing so for many years, she was obviously able to work with many different people and start to actually gather observations, looking into, out of all them people she worked with over all them years, what are the top five regrets of people who are about to die? Now their answers and what we're about to run through, it's in by no way means meant to like scare you or make you feel strange in any way, but rather they're also quite um, obvious, the answers. But they're so obvious that you maybe just allow them to totally go over your head on a day-to-day basis. So the idea is to let these answers kind of soak in, sink in, and reflect on yourself. Could I be changing my behavior, my attitudes, my ideas, my worldview in any of these five realms so that by the time, if I'm lucky enough to live to that lifespan, by the time I'm faced with that, I can look back on my life and not have these regrets. So we're actually able to learn from the wisdom of people who have have walked that path. So without further ado, here we go. The first regret is, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life of others expected of me. Now, this was actually the most common regret of all. When people realize that their life is almost over and they look back clearly on it, they were able to see how many dreams had gone unfulfilled. Most people had not honored even half of their dreams and they had to die knowing that it was due to the choices that they had made or not made. Now, health brings a freedom that very few realize until they no longer have it. So take a little moment to reflect here on this one. Where are you in your life right now, on your path? And ask yourself, are you living a life that's true to you? Or are you living a life that's perhaps in some way attached to the expectations of someone else? Maybe that's your parents, for example, I think a very common one, or friends, family, even your culture and society, that might have you doing this as well. And it's a difficult exercise and you might need to sit and write some of this down and, and contemplate and reflect that question. Am I being true to myself in my life right now? Take time to let it digest. And if you're unsure, then maybe it's time to try find out what does that look like if I'm living life true to myself? And for that, then you're going to have to look into what your core values are, which is a topic for another episode. If you're already interested in understanding a bit more about your core values, for example, if I asked, could you list your three to five core values right now? I'm always interested in how many people really need to have like a good old think about it or whether they, they really know off the back of their, off their back of their chest. Because for me, When I did that exercise, I realized I had to do a lot of reading, a really great book as well, which I'll put in the show notes that helped me understand what my core values really are. They're not just the things that come to my head that there's like 20 of these things that are somehow important to me, but they're actually the values that are core to my being. They're core to who I am. And lastly, on this point, what dreams do you have? Do things come to you when I ask that question? What are some of your dreams? 
Sometimes we're just so bogged under of the to-do list of life that we sometimes forget to stop and look up and actually look, where are we going? Why are we doing what we're doing? Are you moving towards a certain dream or goal of yours? Or are you accidentally just trudging along in some bizarre path five years, ten years down the line, you're like, whoa, like what's been going on here? Number two. Another regret of the dying. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. In the book, it says that this came from every male patient that the nurse interacted with. They missed their children's youth and their partner's companionship. But women also spoke of this regret. As most were from an older generation, obviously, a lot of the female patients had not been doing that kind of work that maybe the males were referring to back then. Obviously, you know, 70, 80 years ago. Society and culture is obviously very different back then. All of the men that she nursed deeply regretted spending so much of their lives on the treadmill of work to exist. Now we can take this one with a pinch of salt because things have obviously changed a lot since back in the days. And back in the days, yeah, I mean 60, 70, 80 years ago. At the same time, it is so common for so many of us just to get so caught up with working so much and working so hard. And of course, it really is case by case. It depends where you are in your career and your journey because there's points where of course you need to work hard and working hard's great. But if you accidentally get sucked into this vortex of working hard and only working, which a lot of people unfortunately do, then they ultimately would end up having this regret at the end of their life. So remember that hard work is super important, but it's also more important to know that you need a balance in your life. It's more important to understand when you need to take a break, to rest, relax, and come back to really what matters to you. And spend time on things that gives you energy and joy, whether that's hobbies, activities, just spending time with friends and family. So just take a moment to reflect. Could you be doing with a little bit less intense hard work? Especially if you're a bit younger. You have your whole life ahead of you to work. So don't get too caught up. Number three. I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Many people suppress their feelings in order to keep peace with others. As a result, they settled for a mediocre existence and never became who they were truly capable of becoming. Many people developed illnesses relating to the bitterness and the resentment that they carried as a result. Now, this is a powerful one that is nudging us towards thinking to don't keep these things bottled up. Don't keep all this stuff to yourself. Holding it in is no use. It's just building pressure up. And in the end, it can actually manifest in illnesses. So share your feelings. Express yourself. Of course, try to do it in a kind, loving, and compassionate way. But better rather to sort something out than just bottling up things and not expressing how you truly feel. And number four. It's a nice dog barking in the background. 
I think I'll not edit that one out just so you can hear the dog. Number four, I wish, <laughs> I think the dog's trying to tell us what number four is. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. <laughs> the fourth regret of the dying people. My laugh is not to do with the point. My laugh is to do with the dog that keeps barking. Now this fourth point, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Imagine looking back on your life and having this regret. It's a really sad one, to be honest. In the book, it mentions often these patients would truly not realize the full benefits of old friends until their dying weeks. And it was not always possible to be able to track them down. Many had become so caught up in their own lives that they had forgotten that they have these golden friendships and now they have slipped by over the years. There were many deep regrets about not giving friendships the time and the effort that they deserved. Everyone misses their friends when they are dying. So have a little think about some relationships in your life right now. Of course, there's some friendships that are for a time and a place in life and not all friendships are meant to last. That's not the case at all. But maybe there's some that you've maybe let slip a little bit and you get a little bit lazy. Are there any there just within your heart, within your intuition that you could be giving a little bit more care and love to? And remember that it's so easy to just pick up your phone, jump on WhatsApp or whatever app it is, leave a voice note tell someone you miss them, tell them what you're grateful for, that you'd like to see them again, ask them how they're doing. It only takes a couple seconds, but it could make a really big difference in the end. And number five, the last regret of people on their deathbed, looking back at their life. I wish that I had let myself be happier. Now, this is a surprisingly common one. Many people did not realize until the very ends of their life that happiness is a choice. They had stayed stuck in their old patterns, ingrained habits that just held them back, made them miserable. They made themselves miserable. The so-called comfort of familiarity overflowed into their emotions as well as their physical lives. Fear of change had people pretending to others and to themselves that they were content when deep within they longed to laugh properly and have silliness in their life again. I think this one is interesting because a lot of people don't like to hear that happiness is a choice. Happiness is our true nature. If what we think, what we say, and what we do are in harmony, then happiness flows. So in a way, things are in our control to be able to actually take care of our happiness, our well-being. Or rather, it's stripping away the layers of things that are keeping us from shining our light, which in the end is just true happiness. We all have the capacity to be happy, to be loved, to be loving. It's this natural superhuman tendency that we have the pleasure of having as human beings. 
Now, the science of happiness is a super interesting topic. And I really urge everyone to take a little bit of time to look into it. There's so many amazing podcasts, books, everything. And the more you dive into this topic, the more you start to understand that happiness actually comes from within. There's a lot of things that you yourself can actually do to influence your happiness. You can't just peg it on external things, on people, places, activities, because in the end, you might get a buzz or think you're happy, but it lasts for what, a day, a week? And then you're kind of empty again. And this is not the way that your life needs to be. It's the way that a lot of people's lives is until they have a sort of awakening or realization that you can control, you can take control, sorry, of your life. And there we have it. That's the top five regrets of people on their deathbed. So let them answer sink in a little bit and reflect again. How could that wisdom impact your day-to-day life, your behavior, your attitudes? Are there is there anything you need to change? Or do you think, no, my great friend Liam, who's been on the the show a few episodes ago now, he sent me this amazing clip. It was from another podcast, funnily enough. And the guy's just making the point that you should be living your life in a way that if you were told you're going to die five days from now, that you would just be like, okay, fair play. That's that. And you're accepting of the fact. Pointing to that you should be living in such a way that you understand and recognize that you could die at any moment. Hence the reason you're doing what you're doing. You're making the most of your life. You're learning how to be present. Learning how to deal with fear and overcome worry and removing the stresses and anxieties that keep us locked in the thinking mind. Anxiety about things to happen in the future dwelling on things that happened in the past, learning to come out of that. The matter of fact is most people are actually locked in to a mindset that is controlled by their mind, their thinking mind, their thoughts. At any given time, a lot of people are actually just lost in a sea of thoughts, completely lost. The wild thing is, and the scary thing is, you don't actually know that you're lost in your thoughts. You're just lost so deep down there that everything your mind is saying and reacting to, you believe to be true, and you let that guide your life. When in reality, there is a much more expansive and true and legit part of you that you should be flowing from. That's why it's so important to get to know yourself, get to know your mind, your thoughts, your emotions. You cannot be your emotions. You cannot be your thoughts. They are just something that you simply experience. There's there are things that pass through you. They're not permanent. And of course, just to finish and tie this all up together, the most effective way for you to take this step is to learn how to meditate. Meditation is so powerful, so simple, 
and can truly change your life with that small step of starting to understand you, your mind, your thoughts. And then the real fun things begin when you start to go beyond and realize that there's a whole another aspect of life. Most people are just caught on the very surface of their, of their minds. They think that that's all life is. The thoughts, the emotions, the cravings, the desires, the pleasure, the pain. This is all just the surface of life. There is so much more life has to offer. It can be difficult getting started because sometimes you find meditation apps and YouTube recordings, whatever it is. It can be really difficult because really key aspects are not mentioned from the get-go and they're not explained very clearly. So it can be very helpful to just work with another human in lifetime when talking about meditation. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about that or do a free class with myself, I would have the pleasure to do that with you. So just literally send us an email, send us a message on Instagram, whatever it is, and I can show you how to take them next steps. It truly is a game changer. Well then, thank you very much for listening. Reflect a little bit on that and that death can be pointing to a lot of truths in our lives and that we can be inspired by this message. Not fear, but actually inspiration. To be open, to be loving, to be present. Thanks very much for joining and looking forward to catch up with you on the next episode. Namaste. Oh, one more thing, the call to action thing that you must do with podcasts. If you want anyone to actually listen, please share this, this episode on your Instagram story or send it to a friend. I would be super grateful. And if you wanted to be an absolute legend even further, please review the podcast. And, and that pretty soon you realize that Alrighty. all we're going to do all the best. for eternity. Uh, talk to you soon is sit around the fire.